I've got the Aura, I've got my watch, I've got my CGM. I've done all of these micronutrient scans or blood work, so I understand what's happening in my blood, what's happening intercellularly. I did a gut biome test. I'm biologically 45 years old. I did that test to just understand, you know, what my age is. It's like all of this information is available and it's my information. It's about me. I can make adjustments to it. Why wouldn't I want to understand what's happening inside my body? I'm Ben Grenell, part of the growing team here at Levels. We're a venture-funded startup backed by more than a thousand of our community members and some of the best VCs in the game, including Andreessen Horowitz. On this podcast, we talk about everything we do. We share the learnings about our culture and what we're building along the way. This is Inside the Company. Communities unfold in interesting ways. People's lives are threaded a lot more than we often know. Well, that was the case for Natalie Lumpkin. Natalie is also a member of her community. And she and I sat down and we discussed her backstory. We discussed some of the things that have brought her to levels. Well, I learned that Natalie Vanderpump, whom we also did an episode with and whom has been a very active community member, she and Natalie Lumpkin, Natalie L, Natalie V, the two of them have been friends for many years. And when Natalie Vanderpump started using Levels, she let Natalie Lumpkin know that she was using this new product. She started talking about the way that it had impacted her journey in health and wellness. So Natalie Lumpkin and I will leave Natalie Vanderpump out of this one. There's a lot of Natalie's. We sat down and we discussed her backstory, the way that Levels has impacted her health journey over the past year, and the way that even people like her father, who's 83 years old, the way that he uses a CGM, not Levels, a CGM to monitor his glucose in real time. And so the two of them have a shared experience over this idea of glucose monitoring. It's helped bring them together and it's helped bring more insight into what they can consider when they think about the inputs and the outputs. And so we went deep into this idea of why do we not have that much information about our internal state, everything that's going on on a molecular level in our body. It's one of those things that we'll start to uncover more insight as things get developed in this tech space. But it's really interesting and it's something that Natalie is interested in really taking ownership over as she describes it as owning her data, owning her personalized insight about the way that food affects her health. It was a great conversation. It was really fun to dig in with Natalie and take it to all these different paths. And mostly, it's always fun connecting with people in the community because everybody has such a different thread and a different backstory. And the fact that Levels has brought them together through this interconnected state, well, that's pretty special in itself. So here's the conversation with Natalie. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Well, yeah, thanks for asking. I had to circle back with Natalie because I had listened to hers. And you know, she and I are friends. We're pretty close friends. And I was like, I reached out to Ben to just say congratulations. And then now I'm doing a podcast. Like, I hope that's okay with you. I'm not really trying to, I'm not trying to step on you at all. So yeah, so I had no idea. Like, where, where yeah. did that happen? We worked together at Starbucks. I was at Starbucks 20... 
2006 to 2011. So we've been friends probably since around then. Um, and she was at Starbucks as well. And I, it, she, I left Starbucks and went to Apple and I don't know what brought us back together, but something did. And literally she's the one who introduced me to levels for sure. And then literally through the pandemic, I'm single and was in Austin alone. And she's up here in Seattle. I'm back in Seattle now, but she's up here in Seattle and in her condo alone. And like, we were joined at the hip, like checking in on each other every day, like every single day through 2020. I would have been through it without her. So I had no idea. So, so you both started levels around the same time, I guess. She started before me for sure. And I don't know if you remember when we did the interview, the five questions, Mm -hmm. I had it for probably two or three months before I even opened the box. And I think she had been on for a good six months, maybe before that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. she started, actually, I think she started, so she started with the intent of like, hey, I'm going to do this for one month. And then yeah. she was yeah. like, then I'll do it for two. And then setting these like longer term goals. So it's cool to hear that. I had no idea that the two of you were friends and close and went through this interesting life experience together and both had a different outlook on it. Um, As far from from what I know, as far as the way that the way that it wove through other threads of your life, um, mm-hmm. just from the conversations mm-hmm. we've had. So very interesting mm-hmm. to hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, my coming to it was really curiosity more than anything. Like I, my A1C was something that just came in a slew of information, you know, from annual checkups with doctors. And it was never anything I really paid attention to. Um, but when I heard about her using it and how she was using it, I was like, yeah, I'll do that. I am super techie. I am, I am every gadget, every pair of headphones, every, every, everything (laughs) I have, because I'm, I just want to play with things and see how they work. And so I'm like, sure. I would love to understand how my body reacts to things. Like we can do that. That's cool. Um, and then it literally has opened this world for me that we can talk about, but I, I'm deep in to the, the gadgets and the things and the learning. And, but it was really out of curiosity more than anything, first and foremost, like, what is this thing? What is my blood sugar? I can check it now. I can watch how food and stress and exercise affect me metabolically and then check again and see if I've, you know, changed anything. And I don't really think I ever had like, I'm going to do it for a month or six months or three months. I'm like, I'm just going to do it until I don't want to do it anymore. And I've taken a break. Um, but it wasn't for very long because I miss, I think I miss the confirmation of, Ooh, this is how I feel swipe. Oh yeah. That's how you feel. Like I miss that, that feedback of being able to understand this is how you feel. Go do something about it. So it's, it's so funny that you think you sort of have it figured out like you generally you have like a heuristic of you know certain things like if mm-hmm. i again everyone's different but like personally if i eat potatoes to the moon like just it's not mm-hmm. not happening mm-hmm. and i think that that's uh relatively thematic for most people even if you put 
fat protein fiber paired with mm-hmm. it still mm-hmm. every everyone's going to have a different response for me it's just like yeah that's not good so you've got that heuristic but seeing day to day when i look and i'm still trying to unlock certain things i'm like why am i sitting higher as far as like my variability might not be high but i'm like geez and i started finger pricking and doing all these things and you look mm-hmm. and you're like geez i have to lower that i'm being disciplined what are the other factors? Because if you know, it's like, it's not stress. Is it that uh, there's less physical activity than there should be? Right. Is it because my sleep is off? And it's like, the answer is yes to all of these things. But trying to figure out which lever, and it's not yeah. a gamification, but it's about like optimization, maybe just like, because that once you figure out that feeling of uh, of like feeling good, that's what you're trying to drive towards. So it's just yeah. it's wild to think that it's like, you really realize after a year that you're like, wow, this is an ongoing life thing. Like this isn't something you just snap your fingers and you fix it. Like you take your car to the mechanic (laughs) shop and it's fixed until the next time it breaks, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think that because we're constantly changing as bodies and humans, like it really is a lifetime thing. Like this is something that's, it's, I I feel like as a learner um, in the world, it's great for me because I will continue to always learn in the very beginning oatmeal to the moon for me. Now Mm. I have figured out, um, I did a challenge with Austin and I was like, this oatmeal is going to like, I haven't had oatmeal in a year and you want me to eat oatmeal, but okay, I'll do it. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) um, blueberries and, uh, almond butter. And I didn't spike at all. And I tried it again yesterday with just with maple syrup and butter and I didn't spike at all. And I'm like, okay, so what now I can eat oatmeal, but you're right. It's not just the food. It's like, how well did I sleep? And I just rode and like, there's all these other things that go into it. So it's never that you can have food, see what the result is and know, okay, so I'm good with that forever because you could have it again and get a totally different result. Um, so it is factoring in all of these other other things <laughs> that are just life and the fact that we're changing, like I'm totally. aging and my metabolism is slowing down and there's things that I can do to change that or, you know, help, but I'm still aging. Like, so totally. I'll always be learning. One of the many things that we do with Levels is create content about metabolic health. The main thing that we do is we have an app. The Levels app pairs with the continuous glucose monitor so you can track your glucose in real time. More than 40,000 people have used Levels to lose weight, gain energy, and increase longevity. You can see how things like food, sleep, exercise, stress, and environmental factors affect your metabolic health. And Levels is backed by some of the best thought leaders in the world, including Dr. Sarah Gottfried, Dr. Robert Lustig, and Dr. Mark Hyman, amongst others. To learn more about Levels and track your blood sugar in real time, join Levels at levels.link company. We have to digress for a second into Austin. I was oh, yeah. laughing. Okay. I, think I, I texted him when he was doing that oatmeal challenge. Austin McGuffey, if anybody isn't familiar, <laughs> he did an oatmeal challenge. He was trying different things. So um, oatmeal on its own, what's, the, uh, what's his his personal response um and then all these pairings and one of them was like i ate smoked salmon with it or before and i was like man what are you doing i was like i was like i get what i i i'm aware of the experiment i'm like 
there might be other protein, maybe other fats. There might be other things that you can put in there. The smoked salmon's an interesting choice, but I support you. <laughs> Austin just might like oatmeal and smoked salmon. So let's yeah. not hate on him for that. No, I, I loved it. I loved it. But back to what you're saying about as as we age, the interesting thing, um, and especially what we're finding from our data set and then from our members is that the more people are getting different senses of value with like the jobs to be done, right? Like what is the value prop for, and that's what becomes hard. Like as an analog, it's like, who is the iPhone for? And you're like, kind of everyone, like there, there's not like a persona for the iPhone. Mm -hmm. And that's what we find is like, there's not a persona for health. Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're so, all human. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there's different value props for different personas. Mm -hmm. Like the biohacker cares about different things and, um, people, we call them the health concern persona, um, is again, concerned about understanding and learning about their health as opposed to optimizing it. And then what we're finding is that, um, the most engaged group of members is women who are between 45 and 65. And what they're mm -hmm. finding is because hormonally the body mm -hmm. changes so much over that period of time that your metabolic response, your metabolic function changes as life changes. Dr. Sarah Gottfried talks about it a lot in, in many of her books, but it's just so important to understand like the way we are when we're, 20 versus the way we are when we're 60 is going to be different. Our, yeah. our metabolic function will change. And then when you take into account things like hormonal differences, that comes into account too. So it's very interesting to hear how everyone gets different, uh, different value out of the product. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what persona I fall into. I feel, I feel a little biohackery. You, you, to you totally are. Yeah. <laughs> but I also feel like I, I feel like I'm not a hundred percent like in the trying to optimize it. Like I'm just really, really curious and in, into learning about it and, and making adjustments, but you know, I'm not meal planning and um, I, you know, my CGM can end and I can buy a loaf of brioche cinnamon swirl bread and have that for a couple of days while I'm not wearing my CGM so that I don't see it, what's happening, and then put it back on and know that, okay, I'm done with that. So you're, you're, It reminded me, we, we're always updating them, but we mm -hmm. bucketed it into six personas. And you are, I apologize, you're not the biohacker. You would fall into the tech obsessed. So it's mm -hmm. like people mm -hmm. who are, and again, there's overlap, there's differences. Biohackers a little bit deeper. We used to call it biohacker slash tech obsessed. And when we went deeper into it, we realized we're like, biohacker is the person, the type of person who wants a CGM 24 seven, because they're always trying to optimize every minute yeah. detail of their inputs. And the tech obsessed is somebody who is so interested in gadgets but also cares about their health and so yeah. it's somebody who might lean a little bit deeper into other things like whoop or aura or what have you and they'll have like a bunch of these things and they're yep. integrated into their life as opposed yep. to like, i have all six of them going at one time yeah that's me that's me that, I, that is I've absolutely got the leaf i've got the aura i've got my watch i've got my cgm I've done all of these micronutrient scans or blood work. So I understand um, like what's happening in my blood, what's happening intercellularly. 
I did a gut biome test. I'm biologically 45 years old. I did that test to just understand, you know, what my age is in that way. I'm just super interested in, it's like all of this information is available and it's my information. It's about me. I can make adjustments to it. Like, why wouldn't I want, why wouldn't I want to understand what's happening inside my body? Um, yeah. Have you, based have you on done, the things I'm doing. So. Have you done the panel yet? I did your, yep. I did the levels panel. I did that first. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because, and that's one thing, again, it comes back to constant education that we're trying to inform people, like whether or not people use levels as a product, the most important thing is this foundation of education. Like mm -hmm. as in Mike Haney's words, metabolic health is a thing. It matters. You can do something about it. And the more that we can put out, and I know Haney loves hearing that <laughs> said back. So, <laughs> but it's good. It's good to have that as our our mission as far as education goes because ultimately we if we're on a mission to help make people healthier help people understand how food affects their health then our goal starts with education like we're not concerned if people aren't using the or don't use a product if they aren't if they're a member and they aren't using it that's a different story but if somebody right. said hey i read this blog post and it made me think differently about getting wonder bread versus something else like that's a right. very good that's a meaningful starting point because it's not that's snap right. your fingers and all of a sudden like hey i went from average average societal lifestyle like there's a lot of conditions that have been created around us that drive us towards making decisions that we don't even know like again eating um a lot of the energy bars like air quotes mm -hmm. energy bars are <laughs> don't really have good energy right and right. um yeah. if people can start to understand some of these choices so that even that so haney had uh had written that article on chipotle you go to chipotle mm -hmm. you make different choices right it doesn't mean deprivation it means understanding your choices yeah. ultimately that's what matters so that people can start down this path because we just get sicker and sicker each year that we're eating heavily processed things and the wrong things when we do think we're eating healthy like you know objectively you know when you're eating unhealthy before having levels like you i think in general people know like yeah this thing eating a bag of sugar is not healthy like i think people right. generally know that <laughs> But then there are other things that they think are healthy, like, well, instead of eating sugar, I eat healthy. I eat brown rice with sweet potato and 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 chickpeas. Yeah. And all of a sudden you go, well, that's also healthier than the bag of yes. sugar. But what it's yes. doing to your body internally is not helping you for right. optimal health. Right, right. And I think that was a big, at the beginning of Levels, that was kind of a big aha for me. I've been vegetarian slash vegan slash pescatarian like I just don't eat meat um fish every once in a while and that's been 10-15 years that I've been somewhere in that realm always organic so I consider myself a pretty healthy eater but when I could see what the choices in that realm were doing I was like huh so maybe not a banana in my smoothie the first thing in the morning, you know, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe, and actually 
I feel better all day long. Like I have more energy all day long. It's also helped me eat meals more regularly. I was notorious for a cup of coffee or a smoothie in the morning. And then, you know, a handful of something during the day and no food again until evening. And that food might've been chips and salsa. Like I just didn't, I could run on not eating. Mm-hmm. And wasn't feeling great, but didn't actually realize it. Like you said, until you actually feel good and know, oh, this is how my brain mm-hmm. is supposed to feel. This is how my body is. Like this is, this is functioning optimally. We're close to optimal. Um, that's what you're always striving for. And so even if you're in the, I work out and I think that I eat really healthy, like I still think there's an opportunity to learn something mm-hmm. about how your own body processes food. Mm-hmm. You know? without the without the data like without the feedback the hard thing is that i think it's natural like let's let's give ourselves a break on this one in the fact that like if you if you haven't seen data i don't think that there's anything wrong with with people not understanding misattribution so misattribution being like i sit down at my keyboard in the morning and i'm like nodding off and then the misattribution is i haven't had enough sleep i need another cup of coffee and like right the sleep thing could be entirely true but let's make an assumption that somebody has somebody has good sleep hygiene like eight, eight hours on average per night and good routine and all these things and let's assume that somebody isn't stressed and somebody exercises well but they're getting the head nod and mm. what the attribution is without the data like without realizing it it's Oh, because you're having a large bowl of oatmeal and a cup of orange mm-hmm. juice. Like that's what Sam found mm-hmm. was you're having this in the morning and it's like, oh, that's what's actually making you feel uh, sleepy as you're crashing. And then you get shaky because you're hypoglycemic. And just without that data, it's like you can't ever really figure it out. So you go, yeah. oh, this is what I need in place of it. You're like... No, I just stop. need more coffee. Go, yeah. go, go upstream, like stop the thing that caused that other thing <laughs> instead of trying right. to fix the downstream implication, which is like right. not coffee or sleep. Right, right, right. The big lunch in the middle of the day and then oh. and then I can't focus for the rest of the day at work. Like, yeah, there's... You, know, you wonder how, like, how did we do it beforehand? Like when you're like, <laughs> how did I work like that before? Like what I thought I was productive before, but... Mm-hmm. You know, it just feels, it feels very different. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It really does. And I think that, I think the point in time that I've done this and what it's opened up for me with all the other wearables, I was talking to a friend the other day about like, do you think I'm over indexing? Is there like, have I, have I dropped off the deep end with learning about all the, about myself through all of these ways? And I think it's kind of a, indication of potentially for me at least i could go deep into all these things and learn about my own health and make improvements in places and have some semblance of okay so i'm kind of operating my own little world here so Mm -hmm. it's also been interesting from that aspect of point in time time space and time you know to Mm. be able to pay attention to my own health in this way um I think it's been really great, but I just think that that it's interesting that this is the time in my life. I fit perfectly into that demographic um, that you talked about. Um, 
and have had the space and the time to kind of spend time doing this learning. Yeah, it's it's neat because it's it's yours. Like it is mm-hmm. you and it's personalized. Like it is yours and it is not going to look the exact same as somebody else's. Right. And that that and nobody can take that away from you. Nobody can take away your data. Like your data is just you. And that is meaningful. Like when you start to have something that does feel like it is, uh, it gives you insight into you as a person, your overall being. Mm-hmm. If you, and I mean, not to mm-hmm. get too philosophical about it, but there's so much interconnectedness as far as all of these, all of these analytes, all of these uh, pieces of biometric data that we get and the molecules that we can measure in our blood. And it's like, wow, there's a lot going on inside this. Yeah. Like we we focus so much on the outside and yeah. not not the inside as far as like the mind and mindfulness and all these things, but just like we really don't have like the the body is just this this black box that is sort of a mystery on the yeah. inside. And we're like, yeah. yeah, that's okay. And it's like not really, I mean, not really. Why? Like everything else ha- in the world is measured from the inside. Everything right. has sensors, right. and it's like, but us as beings, like, it's just sort of okay. We just sort of accept it. And you're like, if you if you like take a step back and you think about it, you're like, that's weird. Like that's really well, weird. We don't, that- <laughs> we don't. We don't. We don't think about the inside until something goes wrong, and totally. then we have to go to someone who we have to put all of our trust into to do the right tests, to interpret the tests the right way, to explain it to us in a way that we understand. Like, I, it, again, it's back to the having control of it in my own hands. Um, love that I have a naturopathic doctor who's fully in to all these things that I'm doing and helps me interpret things. Um, but it's, it's always, it feels like it's always when something is wrong. But mm-hmm. that's when the inside what's going on on the inside becomes important. Um, I love the fact that, uh, you know, I think you guys have put the sleep results mm-hmm. into the app and some of these other uh, wearables that I'm doing can alert me if I'm getting, if I'm starting to look like I'm getting a cold or feel sick, mm-hmm. these things can tell you things about what's actually going on inside your body and you don't need to go to a doctor for it. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our, our mental model up until even today, like in general, because it's, it's Sisyphean, it's going to take a long time to Mm. get there. But the mental model is fix downstream once it's broken, as opposed to mitigate upstream before anything happens. And it's like, if you think about that, this idea of proactive health and wellness is, it makes sense once you I don't want to say once you get, once you think about it, once you understand it, it really makes sense where people are like, yeah, I see it. But until you take that, until you actually take enough time to think about it, it's one of those things where it's harder to wrap one's head around. You have to almost experience it. And then you go, oh, I get it. And then maybe see some, some of the um, downstream implications have changed. So let's use something like, uh, let's use something that is very visible. Somebody has some type of skin irritation, right? A rash of some mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. that is recurring. And they see that over time they've changed their 
lifestyle habits so their diet and their sleep and their fitness and all these things they've changed it drastically and they're like wow like wait a minute this thing that's been here for 20 years has it's yeah. like cleared up and now i don't put cream like assume it's cream i don't put right. cream on it and it's just yeah. sort of gone like it was that and you're like yeah and so then people start to think they're like wait if it if that's the rash that went away like what are all of the other things like is right. my sore knee is that like is there something going on right. with my sore my sore knee my sore back as it relates to these other things and you start to think right. and you go oh wow there's like there is a ton that we have to learn so it's yeah, yeah it's wild yeah yeah, yeah. We, we we should dive into this idea if you are comfortable going there of how glucose monitoring was really really challenging so when we've talked previously we we talked about your dad and his experience mm -hmm. where it was harder for you to help him uh monitor his glucose through finger pricking and through all these things mm -hmm. just because he just wasn't that interested in it and then eventually you got him to try levels i think in or a mm -hmm. glucose monitor a glucose, and, yeah and yeah, maybe walk through that because that was a really interesting story of how what you learned helped somebody who generationally should be hesitant to try any technology products. So. <laughs> he was very hesitant. Um, so the end of January 2021, my dad had a series of minor strokes. Um, I was still in Austin when it happened, and that was kind of what expedited my coming back to Seattle. And once I got back here with the nurses, and he was fine. He came through that situation pretty well. It's a minor short-term memory loss that I think has come back, but he's 83, so there's memory you know, issues there anyway. Um, but in the early weeks, there were nurses doing home visits, and we were understanding kind of his medication routine, what he was taking, when he was taking it, what he wasn't taking. So I helped by putting, he calls it the robot, a, a, a medicine dispenser in the house, in my parents' house that dispenses his medicine at the time he's supposed to get it. Alleviated a lot of bickering between my mom and dad because my mom was <laughs> caretaking that. And I'm like, let's take that off your plate. Then he doesn't have to blame you for things being right or wrong or too much. Like the, the robot's going to do the medicine. And then the next thing was his blood sugar. He is diabetic. And the nurses were like, so what are your levels? Like, what are, what are your readings? And he's like, oh, I don't do them. And they were like, you have medication, but you also need to be eating better. And we need to be monitoring, like you need to be doing your finger pricks so that we understand what, what your blood sugar looks like. Um, and this has been for years. He said that he when he got diagnosed as diabetic, I don't even know how many years ago that was, there was a 20, 30 minute talk that a nurse or someone in a doctor's office gave him about, here's how you take it. Here's why you're doing it. Go. Here's a log, like go do it. And he never understood carbohydrates. He never understood, you know, protein and fat. And he never understood how to eat. Like no, none of that training was given to him. He was just given a diagnosis and told to stick his finger. He doesn't like sticking his finger. So he never did it. So when I got levels, I had come back, I was up there in the house with them, you know, 
pretty frequently in the beginning. Um, I got levels. I opened my levels. Actually, I saw on his his prescription sheet that he had a CGM that the doctor had ordered for him. And I was like, how come you guys haven't ordered this? And there was something with the pharmacy not being able to get it, being too expensive, something. And I was like, okay, I'm doing this. I brought my my levels up. I said, and I think it's the same thing. It looks like it's the same thing. It's a LibraLink. Um, I had opened mind and looked and looked at it and been like, I don't think I can stick this in my arm. Like this looks like a needle and I don't think I can do it. And so I was like, dad, if you order yours and you put yours on or you put mine on, I'll tell you if it hurts and you order yours and then we'll put yours on. If mine doesn't hurt, you put, I'll put yours on. And he was like, okay. He goes, okay, I'll do that. So they figured out how to order one for him. I went back up the next weekend and he applied my very first one because I was terrified and it didn't hurt at all. And he was like, it didn't hurt. And I'm like, no, I said, so let's do yours right now. And he's like, okay. So we did his and he has been either waiting for me. I don't know why he does this. He either waits for me to come and reapply his every two weeks or he's been reapplying them. And he's been wearing a CGM now for a year and scanning it and understanding um, what his readings mean. I think early on, there was a little bit of a shift in behavior, but my dad's about to be 83 next week. And so his routine and patterns are locked in. And I think we got him off of white rice to cauliflower rice. And that's probably the biggest move that we're going to make as far as a change, but it is as far as a change in food. But he understands, like he is eating and scanning and you know, I ask him, so when you drink your, I call it coffee syrup in the morning because he puts so much sugar in his coffee. Um, when you drink that in the morning and you scan and you see the numbers really high, what do you do? And he's like, nothing. He goes, I just know it's really high and it shouldn't be. And I'm like, how about you go for a walk? How about you go down and ride the stationary bike? How about you just do something that's small, just move your body just a little bit and then scan again and see if it comes down. And that's, been like over throughout the year a reminder like continuing to remind him that we get it we're not gonna you're not gonna become vegetarian at 83 you're not gonna change your diet drastically but how about we just add some movement um movement to it so yeah if you could have insight like if you could see your so assume like people have to be okay with it let's assume because your family that your your dad would be okay with it but assume that he was like yeah you can see my data in real time it doesn't matter to me i'm good with it is that interesting like if you could see and let's say uh natalie v's data you like people mm-hmm. in a close circle is that mm-hmm. is that interesting where you can like does that help would that help you what, what would that do for like your dad yeah. like i think I think that was a, another part when we were talking about Austin earlier, that's another part of this, that this is another level of levels that I'm beginning to really love is the community mm-hmm. that I'm starting to build around other people who are using it. So I think if I could see, like you said, a really tight group of people who we had all given consent and we were all in it to help each other. Mm-hmm. not nag on each other, not shame each other, but to help each other. I think that that would be amazing. I think if, if I could see my dad's stuff, 
I could know like, okay, so it looks like we have a pattern that at 10 o'clock at night, you're eating M&Ms in bed. <laughs> like <laughs> we need to take the M&Ms out of your room. You know what I mean? Like you could start to see things and people definitely would have to be on board with, with what, you know, like a parent mm-hmm. with wanting that help. Otherwise I become the, the nagging daughter, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that that would be, I think it just builds when it's community you know, the couple of people that I've connected to on Instagram that we have these, you know, chats in DM about how things are going. They post something and, you know, I'll comment on on their post or I post something and they comment on mine. Being able to see it in real time and like build that, build that community of support. I think that'd be awesome. Do, do you think your dad would change behavior if he felt that there was more support not not support in the sense that you don't support him, but support like, do you think he keeps putting sugar in his coffee because he's like, well, there, I don't know what the alternative is. I don't really know what to do. Mm-hmm. I, and granted, like behavior, <laughs> behavior runs deep. Like it runs so deep in, yeah. in our habits and they're really hard to yeah. undo bad habits and all these things um, and create new habits around them, but neither here nor there. This idea of like, for you being able to see that, like, sure, that's helpful to you because you can be like, dad, like M&M's in bed, what are you doing? But like, mm-hmm. do you think that that, that he would feel more supported? Like, is that sort of a thing? Do you, and then like, would he be, a, I guess the question is like, would he feel more supported and then like do something about it? He's like, wow, like Natalie, like can help me here where I just have no idea what to do. So I stick with this thing that that when you said like he sees it and he's like, well, I know it's high, but it's just high. Like what's sort of your outlook on that? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I think that even the switch from white rice to cauliflower rice, like he didn't know that cauliflower rice was a thing and Mm. that he could still have something that looked and tasted like rice but wasn't gonna send him through the roof. Like he didn't know that that existed. So I Mm. do think it is the opportunity to see it, see what's happening and provide support in here are some options. Mm. Try these options. If these options work, let's stick to one of them. And again, like you're saying habits, like one thing at a time Mm -hmm. with my dad, it's, we can't, we couldn't go all in on him, Mm -hmm. but we could look for patterns and start to shift things one thing at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause yeah. like, uh, assume, let's like, I'm going to make this up and it might exist. It might not exist, but let's assume that like you drink almond milk in your coffee, your dad drinks oat milk, assume like no sugar or mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. And like, you see that and then you can be like, Hey dad, like if you just change to almond milk, like mm-hmm. you're, your response, your metabolic response is going to be completely different. Like that thing that's happening when you go up, like that's a result of the oat milk. And by you being able to sort of send him data or he can see your data too. And he's like, I get it. Like you're flat, like, and I'm not flat. Right. Right. If I just, and then he actually tries that thing and he's like, it tastes the exact same. I'm in it. Like then the behavior change only becomes assume it's not for, taste it's just out of habit the the only behavior change becomes grabbing the one carton of milk at the grocery store instead of the other Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. as soon as that's ingrained you're like off to the races Mm -hmm. i mean it's like one aspect of it but 
Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, that. it's cool to hear what, what has your, your mom been thinking about this? Like as she's sort of been. Um, a viewer of what? the process of you and your dad. You know, I, I don't really know. I think that, um, <laughs> I think she's lived with him for almost 60 years and probably just feels tired <laughs> because he, he could be a handful um and she's been primary caretaker and so i think any help that any of us i've i've got three siblings any help that any of us can provide gives her a bit of relief um i don't i don't know what she thinks about him wearing the cgm i think if anything it's it's more of he hasn't changed anything. Like he hasn't mm -hmm. changed how he's doing anything. Yeah. He wears it and he scans, but he still puts, you know, four teaspoons of <laughs> sugar in this six ounce cup of coffee. So, so yeah. That's, ha, that's has crazy. she, has she changed habits? Like other sort of her behavioral habits or cooking habits or anything like that? Because you've been like, Hey mom, like this is what I see. This is what like dad should like not do has that been a thing where she hasn't sort of changed her we haven't mental? had any kind of halo uh -uh, uh -uh. there hasn't been really a halo effect in that way uh. yeah it's i wonder i wonder if it's yeah i wonder if it's a case of wanting to be open to it or if it's a matter mm -hmm. of it's just like it's really hard and even i i think all like all parents like my parents again they air quotes like eat healthy and I'm trying to steer them in a better direction because uh, type one is deep on both sides of my family mm -hmm. and um, my parents don't have it, but their parents did and parents, parents, like it runs yeah. relatively deep. And I, I, like, so I'm always like, dad, that head nod thing that you do, like the way you fall asleep, I'm pretty sure like you should wear a CGM because I'm pretty sure it's because you eat X, Y, and Z. <laughs> You know, yeah. but trying to get them to change their habits, uh, it's hard. It's really it hard. Is. It is. It is. My dad got an iPhone, first iPhone, two, three years ago, two years ago. And now, I mean, hard to get him to it, to accept it, to use it. Um, but now fully understands it, gets it, loves it. Had an iPad before, so that may have been a little bit of a help. Uh, this 83rd birthday, he's getting an Apple watch. I have no idea how that's going to go. I am tech support. So it's like, I'm, it's, it's with trepidation that I want him to get this. I want him to get it for the, you know, falling down. There's just so many health things that I feel like it's a good idea for him to have one, but technology um, with parents is tough. And as I am, you know, a parent of a 32 year old, like I'm like, Am, is that going to be me? Like, are you guys going to hate me at some point? Because I'm going to be the parent who's like, what are you guys talking about? I'm not doing those crazy things. You've been surrounded by tech for a while, though. So you've been at, yeah. was, is it 11 years at Apple? You've been there a long yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, just celebrated 11, yeah. Hey, congrats on that. So you've been there a long time. You've seen a lot of change in the company as far as, I mean, the company continues to, evolve and evolve and evolve and it's one of those mm. things where it's like right when where's apple going to be 11 years from now it's so mm. hard to say because mm -hmm. 11 years 
prior, it's like, where will Apple be? But you've seen yeah. a lot of changes and we've got, we now have four team members from who have worked with Apple. Four team members are on our team now. Um, so the roots are running wow. deep there, which is very cool. But That's when, you, amazing. when you look at levels as compared to like what you saw with Apple, like, are, are there, like, what, what, is there anything that, that sort of feels parallel? And I know it's hard to compare, like it's like startup versus like large established tech company that's been around since the late seventies as a homebrew computer club, like very different. And we're <laughs> right now we are in, we're like 1980. Like maybe 79, yeah. we'll call it that. We're we're about 79 from homebrew started. I think it was 77. So we're pro we're like 79. So we're nowhere near. But this idea of trying to build an entire ecosystem, like are there things that, that you think about when you think like, oh, where could like levels go based on like, you've got a very interesting lens on tech from working with the large, like mm -hmm. objectively the world's largest technology company, mm -hmm. the world's largest company or technology <laughs> company not quite yeah company, but yeah i don't know what, yeah. what's that what's that look like um i mean parallels that i feel and sense into i think it's why i'm attracted to levels i i i write things periodically and i just wrote something in my blog about design that i've always been attracted to really good design, design of all kinds of things, a tablescape, interiors, web, um, luxury handbags because of the handcrafted meticulousness, the quality that goes into things like that. And Apple, for sure. Um, I think it's why I worked at Starbucks. The, the thought, it's just, there's a lot of thoughtfulness and intention that go into products for the companies that I've worked for. Um, and that's why I'm attracted to them. And I think it's the same reason why I'm attracted to levels is it feels very intentional. It feels very thoughtful. It's clean and easy. Um, I am at the forefront as, as the customer or the member uh, service is amazing. I can email anybody anytime and I get, you know, <laughs> I get a response and I love that. Um, and I think, and I think I love where I'm seeing you guys going with like offering the panel, putting the sleep numbers in. And I think as, like I said, like I'm in this wearables market full force right now. I think the, in a slow way, don't, you know, don't try to take it all over too fast, but in a way, expanding in a way that only continues to add and support to what we were talking about, all the features and factors that could go into why, why my, why my level spiked or, or crashed, being able to understand kind of what Aura does for me, like what's my score on sleep and what was my HRV and um, all of these other things, how much water have, have I had in the last 12 hours? Like all mm -hmm. of these things that affect my blood sugar and my metabolism, um, being able to get a read into those things as well. I, it's funny. Cause I used to, I remember I was just having this conversation with somebody in the, 
it was before I started at Apple. I think I was traveling for work at Starbucks and I was in an airport and I had my phone. I had my iPod. I was thinking about getting a Palm Pilot. And I was like, (laughs) God, I just want one thing. Like, I just want one thing. Why do I have to carry around all of these things? And I literally was complaining. (laughs) And then we have iPhone now. Like we have smartphones that we only need one thing. It is my computer in my hand. So it takes time. You do that stuff slowly. You add something and you learn and you add something and you learn. Um, But I think being able to get, identify all the things potentially that can affect somebody's metabolic health and slowly start incorporating those in the very same intentional, thoughtful, beautifully designed way that you guys are working. Um, yeah, I think it would be great. And then, yeah, opening it up and offering shareability. Uh, we haven't talked about accessibility. I think that's the other mm-hmm. big piece of it is like, mm-hmm. how do you make this more accessible mm-hmm. and not not have people, you know, who don't need their insurance to pay for it to mm-hmm. be able to learn about their own Mm-hmm. like how do you how do you get it out there um, mm-hmm. to more to to the masses of people especially to the groups of people who need it the most who are high, most highly affected mm-hmm. by diabetes so yeah, yeah that, that's something that we are working towards because when you look at data and you look at people in the world that are most heavily impacted by metabolic syndrome the price point is so inaccessible right now right i mean just for on average for on average for people it's just it is sitting it's the dvd player that was twenty thousand dollars when it came out now they're 1995 at walmart or whatever they cost but it's it's gonna take a, a while to get there but the important thing is that and this is something that we reiterate internally is like health is not a privilege health should not be a privilege it's it how do you be. how do you make it so that health is maybe we should call it a choice like because essentially everybody again maybe it's being a little too philosophical everybody has to make their own choices in life mm-hmm. provided they are mm-hmm. let's let's like go one layer deeper it's like provided somebody is a air quotes adult by uh, definition, meaning they're like 18 years or older and they make their own decisions, their own life decisions, maybe it's 16, whatever it is. But this idea of people can make their own decisions, um, but there isn't a barrier to choice. Right. The, bar- the, the choice becomes I'm deciding what to do based on understanding like the implications of what will happen. And that's it, that, that's somewhere where we have to get to. Yeah. Yeah. I think the cost piece of it is big. Um, I think the education is first. I think mm-hmm. helping helping these groups of people have insight into how they're currently making choices and the effect of those mm-hmm. choices. And like we were talking about with my dad, like offering them an alternative. Mm-hmm. with with the understanding of what that alternative does for them that's first and foremost like getting getting that understanding and then 
here's how, Mm -hmm. right? First, Mm -hmm. we have to talk about what's going on and what the alternative looks like, what all the alternatives look like. There isn't just one path, of course, but, but, and then here's, here's how in a, Mm -hmm. in a very affordable way someday, hopefully, because you're right. It shouldn't, health should not be a luxury item Mm -hmm. (laughs) situation. It shouldn't. The the good news about content is that it's infinitely scalable mm-hmm. and it's relatively free. Like there's a cost to everything, but it's not a deep cost. Uh, it's not the same. Uh, an iPhone has a hard cost to it, a piece of content. It's a pretty soft cost because mm-hmm. it is dispersing knowledge and sharing knowledge and spreading knowledge. Right. And so that is infinitely scalable and that's absolutely the starting point is saying let's start with education let's get people thinking differently and mm-hmm. making their own decisions and hopefully changing behavior because they now have a new lens on something that they might not have before yeah yeah i agree with that 100 percent. i think the education when the light bulbs really happen though is when you can see your own when it's your information that you're looking at like you're telling me all these things. I can listen to this podcast, but you know, until it's until I scan and see, oh, <laughs> that bowl of Fruit Loops probably wasn't the best choice <laughs> for this morning. Um, and now, two and a half later, hours later, I feel groggy and brain fog and tired, and I had no idea that that was why. Yeah, um, yeah, that's 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 the type of education. Do you ever listen to uh, Mark Maron? Oh, no. He, he's funny. He's always, I mean, he's notorious for, he's like one of the oldest podcasters. Like he's been doing it since like 2006 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so people come in because he does it out of his garage and they're like, okay, sweet. Uh, so like, when do you want to start? And he's like, man, we've been doing this for like 35 minutes. What do you mean start? So it gets it gets so funny because I always call it like the intimacy. There's something like intimate about two people just having like a meaningful conversation is when it's like, okay, we're on now. And you're like, now it just got ruined. Like, can you, right. can, you, can you imagine going out for coffee with your friend and all of a sudden it's like, hey, should we start? And you're like, what do you mean? Should we, should we actually like, should we turn on our fake voice now? <laughs> like, so Natalie, like, how was your week? You know? <laughs> doesn't happen no that's true that's very true